Hello, beautiful human. Dan is here. Yeah. Sanchez is here. Goody Grace is hanging out in the studio. Hey. Hey. And before we officially start, I do got to tell you that this conversation is being sponsored by Total Wireless. There's never been a better time to make the move to Total Wireless. Total Wireless. Total confidence. Goody Grace. Emo night to this couch. Yeah. But I had met you previous to Emo night, dude. And, yeah. And it, it, for some reason, in the heat of the Emo night, which, <laughs> by the way, it was my first time going ever. Oh, really? Yes. I was an Emo night virgin. Wow. And... <laughs> I DJed on a rather <laughs> popular evening. You were there with your friends. Yeah. Like you're like very cool with a lot of people who will dive into you because you're not <laughs> just friends with them, but you work with them. Uh-huh. Um, but you called me out because I, I like an idiot, like didn't register that I had met you previous to emo night. Yeah. I can't remember where we met. I've been thinking about that ever since that moment. I remember you complimented my shoes the first time we met. <laughs> That's, that's what I remember. I was there when you called him out, and it was great. Oh, I yeah, literally looked at him afterwards. You knew me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, he even remembers me, and you can't even remember him. Whoa. I remember right at the bottom of the stairs backstage. Yes, yeah, see, yeah. great memory. God damn it! I'm so, I need to know where because your energy is so unique. Your Thank presence you. is very different. You have a very just top to bottom. Thank you. Uh, if that's a good thing. Oh, good thing. <laughs> this might be a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> This Unique ha- could go both ways. It's uh, interesting uh, word. When you look in the mirror, how would you describe yourself? Um, I don't know. Kind of vampire-ish. Vampire-ish? I don't get a lot of sun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I- I'll go with unique. Sure. <laughs> what is it about the sun? Why don't you vibe with the sun? Because um, I'm from Manitoba in Canada, and it's just winter all the time, so I'm not used to this California sunshine. I look around like there's sun in here, but we're in like a windowless room. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still sun. Yeah. We have a lot to dive into because, yeah, you are from a very small town in Canada. Mm-hmm. You make the move to L.A. on your own, which is scary. But but that comes after being discovered, right? You, yeah. You start creating music from, I'm assuming, your house? Yeah. Um, my mom got me a laptop when I was like 9 or 10 years old. And um, I just started producing music in GarageBand and stuff. Um, and, like, covering Johnny Cash songs and stuff. I made, like, a full album when I was nine. I have the MP3s. I might put out one day. <laughs> so Of just covers. But that's how I got started. I was just YouTube tutorials. And I played guitar since I was four. Um, so, yeah, just being a nerd, really. You play seven instruments. Yeah. Johnny Cash, that album that you made when you were younger, was that covers or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, covers of like Nirvana and Johnny Cash and um, uh, Elvis and a bunch of different people. Wh- yeah. What was, do you remember like what your goal was when you were younger doing those covers? Was it to sound like them? Was it to figure out your own um, voice? Well, I was, um, it was like a Christmas present for my family, so I burned them CDs of it. Oh, <laughs> That. Yeah, but but also in turn it was just you know practice at um at producing because I think that's how I learned how to program drums and and track instruments and stuff the same way I do today. You cover Johnny Cash on Infinite. Yeah, I do. Why why was Made in Black 
a vital piece of the story that you were trying to tell? Um, well, it was it was one of my favorite songs growing up. Um, and I wear a lot of black, and I also think that the topics that he you know speaks of in the lyrics still apply today as much as they did back then. Um, and his songs like in a major key. And it's a bit more happy, so I just thought there's such a dark undertone to the song, so I kind of flipped the chords to minor and made it a bit more, um, you know, dreary of a vibe. When did you first connect with that song? Do you remember? Um, no. I mean, I always liked it as a kid, but I feel like as I got older and understood it, like a lot of music, I still listen to the same music that, you know, I did when I was a little kid, but it's crazy how as you get older and learn more, um, you know, you get new meaning a new understanding that's the amazing thing about art right like yeah. wherever you're at in that moment in your life you're going to interpret it right. differently mm-hmm. so is there a song in particular that has i don't know it's grown on you enough or you've grown enough to see it or hear it differently um yeah i think like a lot of bob dylan music because I'm, I'm obsessed with bob dylan he's like the reason i, I played acoustic guitar and I think as a kid, I just thought the songs were, you know, really good and catchy and I liked his voice. And now as a grown man, I'm like, damn, these lyrics and, you know, understanding how he's talking about the world and how not much has changed since, you know, what he was talking about. So over time, does your own music have the ability to take on new meaning? Yeah, 100 percent. My own music. You yeah. Mean? Yeah. I think like. I always, um, things happen in my life and I'm like, whoa, I kind of wrote about this before, but it was about a different situation. And, you know, I think that's the cool thing about songs is they could apply to so many different situations for different people. And I think that's the beauty of music. Pretend is a song you released in 2016. Yeah. But you put it out on the album. Mm-hmm. The EP. The EP, sorry. Sorry. I know you wanna, <laughs> those titles really do matter. Yeah. And when you put out a body of work that flows in 23 minutes, mm-hmm. EP. Yeah. There's more of a story to be told. Right. But does that song, like, when you first write Pretend all those years ago, because mm-hmm. it was a while ago. Yeah, four years, wow. Four years ago, does that song still have the same meaning today or when you chose to put it on the album? Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, the, the girl... Or to or, you. Yeah, the girl or whatever that I would have wrote about at the time, you know, is probably not any part of my life anymore, but... I think some of those lyrics could apply to people I've met since. So, yeah, I think situations are interchangeable with lyrics, and um, it's really cool. I'm glad you like that song. It's a beautiful song. Thank you. You have a lot of incredible records here. Rest Your Eyes is... Thank you. ...really something special. That means a lot to me. That's probably my favorite song I've ever wrote. Um, that's a sad one. Why, <laughs> why is that your favorite? Um... I was just kind of in a dark place and uh, it was really late at night and I just kind of freestyled it while I was picking the guitar, just kind of saying whatever was on my mind. Um, and I just think that there's like, you know, it's a dark song, but like a lot of my music, even even if my art is dark, there's still hope and, um, you know, optimism buried within. Do you see your art as dark? Um, I think some of it comes from a dark place, but... I'm really not a dark person. So, like I said, I think some of it can be melancholy and whatnot, but there's hope in all of it. How would you describe the genre of pop punk? I don't know. I'm a big pop punk fan. I don't know if I'd completely consider myself pop punk, um, but I'm definitely very inspired, so I think that, you know, 
some some details lean into my music from from that. There is something about what you said about your songs being dark, but there's still hope. Mm-hmm. As somebody who grew up in the very thick moments of pop punk and Warp mm-hmm. Tour and Bamboozle, I feel like the common thread to a lot of those artists mm-hmm. was that right was darkness but hope. Yeah, and even like in pop punk, like it's almost saying it in the name. How do you get to Blink-182? How, <laughs> how does that even happen? Um, man, I'm like one of the biggest Blink fans of all time. The first ever tape I had was um, Enema of the State. <laughs> I had in my Walkman. And man, I would just learn every Blink song as a kid. I was so, and still am so obsessed. Like I could listen to them anytime. Um, so I was just such an outspoken fan. And um, I'd always cover them and wear their t-shirts. And yeah, I really... I always dreamt of it was a type of situation it was like i was such a big fan but i'm like damn if i ever meet travis or something i bet we'd be like best friends you know what i mean and um i met him backstage at uh, a mutual friends show um i just went up and introduced myself we exchanged information whatever we didn't talk for about a year and then in november 2018 he um messaged me on twitter to come open for them in vegas <laughs> for blink in two days super casual <laughs> yeah <Very> cash. <laughs> yeah so he, he messaged me on wednesday and the shows were friday saturday so me and all my best friends rented a big van and i drove us out and um <laughs> opened for blink 182 and then on the second night they brought me out to sing one of um you sang my, adam's song i sang dumpweed there oh, adam's song at the forum i've done adam's yeah at the forum and at barclays they brought me out to do adam's song I am so sorry to interrupt, but I got to talk about Native. At Native, they create safe, simple, effective products that people use in their bathrooms every single day. They create products with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. And if you're not convinced, you should check out their over 9,000 five-star reviews, all from legitimate customers. None of it fake. By the way, just like the, the, the stuff that's in Native products, none of it fake. This stuff is formulated without aluminum parabenes and talc it's filled with ingredients that are found in nature such as coconut oil shea butter tapioca starch that's what absorbs the wetness and this stuff never tested on animals plus you get free shipping and returns by the way i'm talking about native if you're looking for 20 percent off your first purchase just visit nativedeodorant.com and use my promo code zach sang during checkout that is nativedeodorant.com and my name is the promo code Zach Sang. Zach Sang Show. What is it about you that they understand, <laughs> that they see, that... I don't know. I'm really lucky, man. I, I feel like we're just super similar. You know, me and Mark and, and me and Travis, we're all, we're all such good friends now. And uh, I think they just see that I'm like a real, you know, I'm a real fan, but I'm also like a real student. And um, of everything that I'm a fan of, every musician, I, I just really learn. And... Um, I think that Travis and Mark recognize that through my music. And I'm so thankful to have a song that says featuring Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. What fuels your want to learn? Um, I'm just curious. You know, I was just telling Matthew over here who's with me. I was like, every day I feel like at the exact same time I'm like a 150-year-old man or like a 10-year-old kid. Like, I'm just so half jaded but really not in a bad way because i'm so just like 
happy and curious and, and optimistic and just excited. So I just really like learning. Um, that's all I do. What excites you? Um, I'm really on the quest to make, you know, I'm working on my debut album right now. And I really just try and study <laughs> why the art I like, be it books and movies and music, makes me feel the way I do. And, you know, I wouldn't be who I am if... Um, if I had, didn't have the music that I like or, you know, these things that have helped me. So I'm really trying to embody that and be that for kids. So I think what really inspires me and keeps me going, was that the question? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, is being able to kind of be that light for, um, you know, people out there such as the music was for me. So I'm really trying to get my album to be like, would my 16-year-old self, 15-year-old self, you know, feel the way that I did about Blink or about, you know, all the other music I like. So I think that's really my biggest inspiration right now is just trying to be like a light for kids growing up out there that need it like I needed it. Do you feel like pop punk exists or your type of music exists if you look to your right or to your left, like on a chart? What do you mean? Does, like the type of music that you're making, mm -hmm. I feel like we've gone without for far too long. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And... It needed to come back in a very real way. Mm -hmm. In addition, we've seen a lot of people like Machine Gun Kelly, right. who's an incredible rapper, mm -hmm. turn to pop punk as a vehicle to tell his story. Right. And Whoa. I think, again, he, me and him are similar in the way of we're students in, in the age of we grew up on rap, but we also grew up on pop punk. And, you know, I grew up on all these different things, so I think there's no better time and no no other time where it's been more acceptable to really be like, well, yeah, this is, you know, everything I listen to. So, of course, that my music's going to lean here and lean here and lean here. Um, so I think that's really beautiful, and I'm happy to be a, a part of this time. But I feel like you're not trying to limit yourself. Like, you don't put yourself in any sort of creative box because you rap, too. Mm -hmm. And your earlier stuff was more rapping? Yeah, and I still rap. I mean, the song I put up right before Scumbag... It's two called shot. Wasting Time. Oh, no, Wasting, wasting time. time. But Two Shots, too. Two Shots, too, yeah. And it's got I'm, more of a hip-hop beat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, as... A 12-year-old kid in my room listening to like Bob Dylan and Blink and and um, the Misfits and, and all this stuff. I also was listening to like 3-6 Mafia just as much and, you know, making beats like on some real dirty South type stuff. So, But also playing my guitar. So I think it's just I'm just a real product of everything that, you know, I'm a big fan of. Which, by the way, matches the like the audience. Yeah. Do you get know what I'm saying? Like, nobody wants one thing, but no. also people, I think, both the hip-hop genre and the pop-punk genre have incredible ways of being able to tell a story. Right. And to tell a story authentically. Mm hmm And then, in some cases, even have that story be anthemic. Right. When you bring the two together, you don't limit yourself. It's kind of exactly what the next generation of a Blink-182 fan is looking for. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, the through line of, of hip-hop and punk music and even folk is just really telling your story and speaking your mind that, you know, some other genres don't necessarily have, like a standard pop song or something. So I think I'm always sprinkling my story and, you know, the way I grew up and everything in, in all the music I make. How proud were you when you were able to shoot your music video for Scumbag in Manitoba? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a dream come true. You know, I, my, like, first flight really was moving to L.A. I didn't, I didn't really leave Manitoba much growing up. Um, so a lot of my drive was to get out of there as a kid 
And now that I get to travel and see the world, I also understand the beauty of where I'm from and understand that I wouldn't be who I am if I wasn't from there and how much it shaped me. So I just like to give back and include Selkirk in everything I do. It's beautiful. Thanks. Because you really wouldn't be who you are today without it. No, not at all. I'm pretty synonymous with, with the town I'm from. I mean, a lot of people are, and they mm-hmm. should be. Yeah. How f***ing scared were you when you were on that airplane to Los Angeles? <laughs> Man, I don't know if... I'm just... I'm really lucky. And as as tough as times have got, I've never really been too scared because I'm just having so much fun. Like, I'm just really happy to wake up every day to begin with, you know? Let alone be able to make music and be surrounded by so many great people and um, have so many inspiring people in my life and great people help me out. So even when times get tough, I never really get scared because it's a lot better than a lot of alternatives I could be doing. <laughs> Truth. How does a record start for you? Like, I don't want to even go with Scumbag, and we'll dive into uh-huh. and break that song down. But like a song like Rest Your Eyes, um, how do you begin your process? That one... Um, that that the guitar is in a weird tuning. I think it's in like open D. I was just playing around with tunings, <laughs> strummed a couple strings. I was like, that sounds cool. And then I just kind of freestyled that verse. Um, Do you usually freestyle? Yeah, I think that's how I usually get ideas out. Sometimes if I'm like going about my day and think about a line or something, I'll write it down on my phone for later. Um, but it's usually just kind of in the moment. That's how I get my you know feelings conveyed but a lot the of way. the records seem really personal and in some cases you're actually talking to people i feel mm-hmm. and maybe i'm crazy you know <laughs> but whatever no. like pretend is one of those mm-hmm. nostalgia is a lie yeah so do you have experiences that you then stash away or like like i'm just trying to understand like the reality connection to the actual music i'm listening to right yeah, I guess so. I, I think I just have a really funny way of like logging in my mind all my observations through life and then, you know, speaking on them in certain ways. So sometimes it's about, you know, a girl maybe I'm fighting with or sometimes it's just about how I kind of see life um, in, a, in a grander way. Um, so there, there's really no one process per each song. They all kind of come in different ways. Sometimes I make the beat first and then we'll make you know, the lyrics to it afterwards or... I mean, do you have to get into a different headspace when you're creating a song that you're rapping and that has a beat compared to one that's like totally acoustic or relies heavily on a guitar or is it is it kind of the same path you take for each song? It's a really like kind of a subconscious situation because I don't even think that deep into it. Um, I don't, it kind of just steers itself. And I'm just the, like, vessel of what the song will be because I don't think I've ever sat down and been like, okay, now I'm going to rap here or this one I'm going to play guitar. Like, I feel like each song um, just comes from different places and I really don't know where they come from. (laughs) The album, top to bottom, had a lot of variety, but it was very cohesive and it just worked. Thank you. But then I'm surprised when I find out that Pretend was released in 2016. yeah. I mean, it just so happened to fit so perfectly. And thank you. And I mean, Infinite was just kind of, you know, I just wanted to get an EP out there um, because I'd been putting out a lot of singles and whatnot. So that was just kind of like a little compilation of songs I've had. But it's funny you speak on, you know, the the cohesion of it because 
I'm currently working on my debut album and that's such a big um, goal of mine and end point that I've been really focusing on is I really want this album to be like a real like movie or something and really go together in a way that you know I'm such a big fan of diving into albums front to back so I'm just trying to really make it what it needs to be hell yeah mm -hmm. by the way a lot of people didn't do that anymore right it's a whole part of this industry that has gone like unrespected mm -hmm. is being able to really listen and understand an album top to bottom and want to enjoy every song i think it's a beautiful thing yeah so what's the biggest difference right now between your ep and what's coming um i would say that a lot of those songs were just kind of made randomly and then you know in between infinite and scumbag you know that's about um i guess a year and a half yeah, my bad. Um, I, <laughs> I was like, I was like envisioning a calendar in my mind, being like, um, but I think that you know I kept releasing singles a lot after Infinite and just songs here and there leading up, and then Scumbag was really. I just feel like I've been growing, like I've been shifting and just a better understanding because I put out Rest Your Eyes and then I put out Wasting Time. And then I put out Scumbag, and you know, Scumbag will be. Those are just kind of loose singles that I felt like should be out. But Scumbag is that. That's the first single off my album. So does that kind of give us an idea? Yeah. Of what to expect? Yeah, I think so. But there's also you know many different styles on the album, and like I said, the same way I can't just listen to one type of music, I can't just make one. But Scumbag definitely opened the door and kind of set the bar of what I. It's kind of just like the blueprint of my album and especially to be just so inspired and be like, whoa, the first single off my debut album, you know, features one of my favorite bands of all time. It was just a really nice refresher um, to kind of kick kick me into gear to be like, okay, how can I make a really epic debut? But don't you feel like the bar is set so much higher now? Yeah, but it's 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 inspiring. It's a fun little challenge. How do you how do you approach Mark and Travis originally to say hey guys like let's do a song together? Yeah, so after those shows in Vegas where I opened, um, me and Travis just kept in touch, and he's been a huge help along the way of my album. Um, he's drumming all over it, and uh, you know has just been a great mentor musically and just life wise. So, um, scumbag, I, I started with um, this production duo called the Futuristics, who um, I they're work, great. Yeah, they're so good. I work with them a lot. Um, they've been a great help through my album process and um, you know we made the song I got Travis to drum on it they had been the Futuristics had been working with Blink as well so them and Travis showed Mark the song just being like you gotta check the song out he played bass on it so then finally I was like whoa this is like <laughs> Blink-182 on the instruments so then I asked Mark if he would come in and um, you know sing on it with me so we, we got in the studio and uh I mean, that was one of the best days of my life. It was so crazy to just be, like, sitting at the computer and, you know, hear Mark Hoppus recording, you know, lyrics that we just wrote and be like, whoa, that's the same voice that, you know, I listened to my whole life. And here it is, singing lyrics we wrote together. <laughs> Your words, man. What, uh, what do you learn from that session? What do you take away that you feel like will be with you forever? Um... I mean, I've luckily had the opportunity to work with, you know, him and Travis both a bunch of times now. And I think I'll take forever from them too, especially. And, and most, you know, people who have helped me out musically, my musician friends, 
I, I think that it's inspiring how excited they still are. Like to be in the studio with Mark, he's still as into it and just appreciating of the art and happy to be there as I feel like he was in like early Blink days. And I think it's just really inspiring to me to be like, wow, they've been doing this for so long and I've had so many wins and um, succeeded and they're still just like writing like they're teenagers, you know. Where was uh, Matt Skiba? Is he not part of the recording process? No, he wasn't, but Skiba's my boy. He's sick every time we do shows and stuff. Um, yeah, he just wasn't a part of Scumbag. Yeah, well, that, I thought that I was kind of cool that it almost looked like you were the third member of Blink-182 <laughs> in that. I mean, yeah. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Would you want, I'm going to say, would you want to see Tom DeLonge get back together with him? Yeah, I love Tom, man. I've never actually met Tom, but... I'm a big fan of all and everything Blink and Alkaline Trio, and yeah, it's all love for all of them, man. Were you not nervous going into the studio for the first time with them? Um, yeah, I was. I like, really was. <laughs> were you comfortable right out the get to share? Like, how did you guys break the ice? Um, well, honestly, Mark got me, like, the craziest gift I've ever gotten. One of my favorite bands is The Smiths. Um, huge influence of mine. And he got me like the first ever pressing of one of like their biggest singles on vinyl wow. for absolutely no reason. He just like brought it and was like, yo, I got you this. And um, I think from that point on, I was just like, wow, we're going to be best friends. So it definitely helped. <laughs> Whether he wanted to be or not. Yeah, 100%. So it definitely helped the like recording process, you know, um, because we were just comfortable. But, you know, I had played with them before and hung out with them and stuff. So I was just so excited to finally get in the studio with them. Girls in the Suburbs singing Smith songs. Yes. That's your record with G-Eazy. Yeah. What is it about you that you feel like people, like, what draws people to you? Because if it's not G, it's Machine Gun Kelly, <laughs> it's Blink, it's Good Charlotte, you have a record with them. Yeah, me, yeah, that's Young Pinch's album. It's crazy. Um, man, I don't know. I'm really lucky and and probably just as confused as anyone would be looking at my life. <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. What you, where are your parents? What do they think? My mom's a single mom, and she's the best, man. I was raised by her and my grandma. Um, I still go home all the time and kick it with them, man. My grandma's like my best friend. Well, shout out to them for doing an amazing job. Yeah, man, for real. <laughs> I, I mean, like, what, do they, what does your mom think? I don't know. It's like, I feel like the past few years have just happened so quick that we're just all along for the ride, you know, and it's it's just so cool. Cool things just keep happening. And, um, you know, I just did Jimmy Kimmel last week with Blink. That was my TV debut. Um, Congrats. Thank you. I just think I, I just think my family and my friends are all as excited as I am. Probably more excited than I am because, you know, I'm still trying to, like, focus and get everything. Yeah, you have an album to get out there. Right. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. But, <laughs> they, but they celebrate for me. You have a lot of styles on this album. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you also have a lot of features? Yeah. Ooh, who do we have? <laughs> what do we got on this album? Um, I don't know if I could really say. You but can't say? Not yet. Not but even there's one. some really good surprises. Um, I mean, I, I, a lot of people I'm a big fan of, I'll say. <laughs> Everybody that's on my album, I'm like obsessed with. So like it's a lot of my like biggest influences. Okay. Yeah, including Blink-182. Do you go into the room differently if you're working with a good Charlotte or a Bling compared to like a G Easy? No, I think I actually never. I met Good Charlotte, but I didn't meet them in the process of that song. Got it. Um, but 
No, I think I always go in the same way, and I just I just love making music, and I love being there to help people. Um, see, you know me. I've probably worked with G more than any musician. Um, we've done hundreds of nights in the studio, and I just think I like to be there as just a guy because I produce and I write, and I just you know I I like all different types of music, and I feel like I have a good understanding sometimes of where something should go. So I just like to be there and be a helping hand, and I, I love just bouncing off people. Creatively. Even if it's a record you're not on. Yeah, yeah, I've helped a lot with with songs that I you know. I don't even sing on or anything, just to be there and help write. Um, I helped write, well, I actually sing background vocals too on, on Machine Gun Kelly's last um, single, Why Are You Here? It's um, a great song too. Thank you. Yeah, me and him wrote that um, with a couple of our friends. And that's me singing that we can never be friends. That's but, me. By the way, like friendship yeah. seems to be a real common thread here. Yeah. It's people you like to be around and you like to create with, you feel safe around, you feel comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, man, since I came out to L.A. and just since since I was even a little kid, I like I really strive off the people around me. And I feel like I've always attracted really great, positive people who, you know, helped me out so much. And I think the most the most important thing in my life is the great people around me and the people who help me out and keep me inspired and motivated and all my friends. And yeah, I'm really thankful for for all my friends. I, I have really great relationships and um yeah, I'm blessed. You are the company you keep. Yeah. Is there a session that stands out to you as the most rewarding? Strangely enough, a, a lot of my music and a lot of my album and, and most songs that are out are really just made by me sitting alone um, in my laptop. So, you know, even till like 6 a.m. this morning, I was working on stuff. And there's something really rewarding about that. I like staying up super late and working alone and then going to sleep and waking up and listening to what I made. Sometimes it's horrible. Um <laughs> But sometimes I'm like, whoa, you know, who hurt me? <laughs> so at what stage in that process is it ready for you to bring to other people? I think when I just when I just know. I make, I make so much music um, and so many songs that no one should ever hear that I just have to get out to kind of get to the next one. Um, but, you know, there, it's never time wasted when you're making art because it's all progression. But do you freestyle everyone? Sometimes to find, like, melodies. But sometimes I'll sit and write lyrics. Do you write a song every day? Or a shell of something? Uh, I wouldn't say I write a song every day, but I definitely probably make, you know, three voice notes a day. I have a lot of voice notes in my phone. Just little things here and there that I, most I probably never even ever go back to. But as I said, it's all just progression. And it, it, it's always like, you know, snowballing to the next idea. So I, I'm always creative, you know, even me and my friends, we just like kind of freestyle all day and say stupid stuff. And that's <laughs> fun. Like when you have the right group of people around you, they motivate yeah. you, enable you and mm -hmm. make you better. It's interesting. You just got to get it out to get to the right stuff. Absolutely. You said uh, Travis is drumming on the rest, uh, some of the other songs mm -hmm. on the album. So how does that work? Do you kind of create a song and just say, Travis, do what you do best? Um, Pretty much. And he is... So, like, I don't even, he's superhuman, man. I don't even know how he works as hard as he does. Like, he'll do, like, three sessions in a day and then come play at Jimmy Kimmel with me and then, like, go pop out at a show that night. And, like, he just works so hard. But, yeah, man, it's very much been, you know, just some songs I made in my laptop that I, I send him. I'm like, hey, could you drum on this? And he'll send it back with his drums on in, like, five hours. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're making these songs in your, in your bedroom. You're sending them to Travis Barker to get drums and he sends them back and you listen to that in your bedroom yeah Man, that's crazy <laughs> that is nuts 
Yeah. How really jealous is. are you, Dan? I mean, not many people can say. I mean, I know he works with a lot of young people. Like, he's worked with, like, Young Blood and Machine Gun Kelly. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's a lot of people that would love to work with him, and not everybody gets that chance. Yeah, the first time he ever sent me a song, like, when I heard his drums and my vocal, yeah, I cried. It's cool. It's crazy. And the first time I ever heard Scumbag, and when it was done, I cried too. I was just like, damn, man. Like, when the vocal switches off from me to Mark and. And then, you know, to, to shoot in the video to now the song starting to do well on, on alt radio and um, to do it at Kimmel and have them by my side, it's, it's all a real dream come true. How did that song start for you? Scumbag? Um, as I said, I, I made it with the, the production duo The Futuristics, so um, with a couple great writers, my friend Jake Torrey and my other friend Michael Pollock, um, frequent collaborators of mine. I think the song's just about how I'm not too good at love and I've had some bad luck but again in the way of the darkness with the hope you know there's it there's it, the song's still hopeful it's not like my life's over I'm a scumbag <laughs> I think you're bringing the word scumbag back I haven't heard that in a while <laughs> scum bucket I use often I gotta get you a sweater man oh I am yeah. a scumbag <laughs> please me too <laughs> what's you... on your shirt is that cows oh no I wish they're <laughs> dogs. dogs okay Cool. I couldn't tell from here. Is nostalgia still a lie? Yes. Yeah. Do you not like reminiscing on anything? I mean, it actually might be how I spend most of my time is reminiscing. Really? Yeah. But I just think nostalgia is honestly my biggest inspiration. And I think that's the true thing I try to convey through my music. Um, I just think there's something beautiful about the feeling. and But I think it's a lie because I think that you always look at things in the past as much you know, more golden and beautiful than it was at the time, which, which is what I'm saying. And, and nostalgia is a lie. Um, you know, I'm saying that time can trick you to make you think that the past was a, much easier than it really was. But I think that's something beautiful because I feel like we're always just chasing moments and music can really help get you there. So my album's definitely going to be very nostalgic. What about the past do you use in your art? Is it the way it sounds? Is it the, the, the types of lyrics? Like, Explain mm. to me that type of inspiration because even with the Blink-182 collaboration, the sound is nostalgic because it, well, I mean, at least for me, right. it sounds like the music that got me through great por- great portions of my life. Yeah, me too. You know, I was just, as I said, I, I'm always trying to be perfecting the situation of being like, okay, this music made me feel this way. Why did it make me feel this way? And how can I take that into my own way to make someone else feel this way? Um so there's just something so youthful and the energy in, you know, Enema of the State and all those early Blink records that it's just really unparalleled. And it, and it, I always strive to, you know, reach that feeling. So what's crazy is I got to actually include Blink in that feeling in a process of me being like, how can I get this nostalgic pop punk feeling in a song? And I think a lot of the flair that you speak of in that way is just having their sound on the record because right when you hear the bass and the drums and even my guitar at the beginning yeah it definitely does feel nostalgic and i think that's just a product of me um you know channeling my influences of the music we grew up on and you're gonna do that throughout this new album yeah absolutely hell yeah what do you think of timothy chalamet playing bob dylan in that upcoming movie um i'm excited yeah i think like I think that's a tough role to play, so 
If someone offered it to you, would you I take it? Hundred percent. You would. Yeah, I feel like I've been trying to be Bob Dylan since I was four years old. So. <laughs> I mean, I feel with a little bit of makeup, you kind of got that look. Yeah, a little bit more curly hair. Yeah, I love Bob Dylan, man. He's special. Mm-hmm. You ever seen the movie I'm Not There? No. It's really good. A bunch of different actors play him. Um, I can't remember the actress's name, but she plays the era of what Timothy will be playing, like, you know, 67-ish with the big hair and the glasses. She is absolutely amazing in it. You should check it out. I will. Heath Ledger's in it. Christian Bale's in it. Oh, Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger, Christian Bale, yeah. Not to be confused with The Dark Knight. Which <laughs> 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 they're both in. Can easily Strangely. be done. <laughs> Do we have a date on this album? Because uh, we are reading that it should have come out in 2019. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know... I'm going to say fall. Okay. Because it's the most nostalgic time of year. I agree. And, and I just think back to school. You know, it it should have, you know, quote, came out in 2019. But I think everything's been on a really good course. And um, I'm happy to. I turned 23 in June. So I think 23 is a good age to drop an album. You're hope, a baby. Hopefully someone gets me a cake that says nobody likes you when you're 23. <laughs> <laughs> that be, is the rumor. I'll be mad if someone doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Dan hated me when I was 23. And then I hated you when you were 23. You were... Did I even know you? Yes, you did. Oh, man, we've known each other for too long. 23 is a bad year. No, it's your Michael Jordan year. It's a great year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't say it's a bad year. I think I'm going to have a good 23. Uh, oh, you're going to have a great one. I'm talking about for, for me and normal people. <laughs> you. <laughs> I've yeah. had a really good 22, man. You really have. But it's just the beginning, which is kind of wild to think about. Yeah. Uh, everybody needs to listen to Scumbag. It's Please. totally worth your time. Did you guys really sample Hey There Delilah on there? Um, so it wasn't intentional. I get it. But we did have to give Tom writing credits. Because you can hear it mm-hmm. the slightest. Yeah. Like, it's not there, but it's there. They were super cool, though, man. And we, we talked with them, and, um, you know, we, we gave them credit. Um, Who realized the connection? I think a lawyer. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah, I mean, silly me didn't think this candle's burning at his hey little Lilo was. So, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it's barely there. Yeah, it's all right. I like to play white teeth. Um, I'm happy they're a part of the song, even though I've never met them. Hopefully we hang <laughs> one day. <laughs> Hopefully I win a Grammy and he can come up and accept it with me. Is that like a real goal? Is that a pillar of success or a... St- Grammys? Like, yeah. It, it, no, not really. I would like one, but... Um, I think a pillar of success for, I just want to I really like playing shows and I really like touring so I would like to get to the point where I could just play really big shows every single night forever and that, that, that'll be that's a pillar of success <laughs> and then maybe have like a cabin up in the woods <laughs> and what are you going to do in this cabin? make music and <laughs> read books <laughs> and drink hot chocolate just a man looking for sweets and smart. Yeah, man, I'm a simple man. Why don't you think bands like Blink-182 or My Chemical Romance, why don't you think they ever got or get Grammy nominations? I think Blink-1 has like one, maybe. Blink only has one nomination. Yeah, it was for the album California. Yeah. Um, they didn't even get any Phantom of the State and, and, you know, Take Off and all those. I don't know what it is. But weirdly enough, a lot of my favorite musicians haven't won Grammys either. Smith's never won a Grammy. Blink's never won. By the way, this is a revelation that is 
come up many times on our couch. It was weird. I was watching our conversation with Ariana Grande the other day, and she said the exact same thing. Nobody, none, nobody that she loves has really won a Grammy. Yeah. But why is it that pop punk has been excluded, do you think? I don't know. That's a very strange question. But I don't even think it's pop punk that's been excluded. Like, Blink is not pop punk. They're a rock band. And, I mean, you guess you one of the consider biggest. them. Yeah. yeah and how have they not won any hmm. rock awards? How the My Chemical Romance was one of the biggest bands in the world for two, three years. How have they not won anything? Mm-hmm. And at what stage do you get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? But My Chemical Romance is about to go on a tour again. So, like, do they even want to be inducted into that Hall of Fame? Right. Because if you're inducted, then it's kind of like you're done. Yeah. Well, they didn't pay anybody at the Grammys for an award. <laughs> yeah, all that, <laughs> all that stuff would be nice, but, you know, it's not my end goal. <laughs> you just want to perform. I just want to perform and just have people listen to my music, whether I get awards or not. And then live in a cabin. Yep. And drink hot chocolate. <laughs> yep. Goody Grace. Your real name is Goody. Yep. That's Goody amazing. Grace. Um, Nash and you have a lot of great records, too. He's mm-hmm. a good guy. He's the best. He's been on the show before, right? Yeah. Yeah. I really That's like my brother, him. man. Me and him been all around the world together and stuff. Like, yeah. We, like, grew up together, kind of. So, you know. Like, you really have a great circle of people. I do. Nash, Machine Gun Kelly, you're doing a song yeah. with him for his new pop punk album? Yeah, we, yeah we've yeah we done... um. A couple things. I hope they make them on the album. Yeah. So you don't know? No, not confirmed. But, oh. I mean, I'm on Why Are You Here, okay. which is out. <laughs> yes, that is correct. <laughs> but, like, okay. When you sit down and you do sessions with Machine Gun Kelly, do you know in that moment that it's going to be for his project? Um, or could it be for yours? Do you get what I'm saying? Because it's friends. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and we're just both so creative that... There's even just been some nice, you know, where me and him just kind of like sit at a piano and just come up with stuff. And but he's he's helped um, write on my album, you know. He's he's not even on the song, but he helped me um, write a song on there. It's actually me, me, him, and Mark Hoppus. So that's a that's a little sneak peek. That's all I wanted. Yeah, I can say that because I posted it. But yeah, they're they they're not featured on the song, but the three of us wrote a song for my album. So I think that's the coolest part about having such creative friends. And being creative myself is we're just always making stuff no matter who it ends up for, you know. Have you figured out this life-work balance? I don't even think about it like that. I think I'm always living and I'm always working and it, it hasn't been a bit big issue. It's all fun. It's all one. It's all one and it's all fun. And even if it's work, it's really not work because I'm just, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for this album. Thank you, honest. man. I'm excited for you to hear it. It's coming together really nicely i mean uh, a lot of great songs that everybody needs to listen to if they haven't on infinite it's worth your time but there's a lot of songs also that you put out since Mm -hmm. um you're a great artist i'm pumped thank you and i really do like no pressure or anything or i want to know if you feel pressure do you feel like there's an obligation on people like you and machine gun kelly to kind of revitalize an entire sector of music um I don't think it's pressure as much as it's just fun that we can do that and that people are recognizing it, you know, in the way that people gravitated to I Think I'm Okay Mm -hmm. by Kells and Youngblood and and, and Travis. And even in the way of Scumbag, a lot of the comments and feedback from Scumbag, you know, there'd be a comment that's like, "I'm, I'm 34 and, you know, I understand this kid's 22, but he's got me feeling like I'm back in middle school and high school. 
And it's things like that just that they make me be like, wow, I don't think it's pressure or responsibility because I don't think I'm focused on bringing back a genre as much as just making music that makes people feel stuff. So if if that makes people feel nostalgic in that way and feels like we're bringing back, you know, pop punk, um, then yeah, I'm happy about that. But pop punk also never really left. There's a lot of really, it did in the mainstream way. But there's a lot of good pop punk bands still out there. I agree. The mm-hmm. main, there's many the of them. The great. I'm a huge fan of this band called Real Friends. Incredible. They're great. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who did the guys of Emanite bring up? And my sister's obsessed with them. Um, gosh darn it. Do you remember? I wasn't there that night. No, they they were they were on the couch and they brought them up and I want to bring them up again. God, it's like I talk to you guys myself. Guys have great memories. I don't know. Wait, you DJed that night when I saw you? I did. Okay. But yeah, me, Kels, and, and Travis performed. Did oh, you see that? Yeah. Yeah. It was What's my age again? Wild. <laughs> that whole scene is incredible because I feel like there's this beautiful camaraderie and this kindness that and compassion that like connects everybody mm-hmm. there. Whether it's the people putting on the show, the people DJing, to those actually enjoying the party. Yeah, Emo Night's a really special place. They've they've been so great to me. I um I premiered Scumbag there the day I came out. Um they threw my twenty first birthday. <laughs> That's they've, they, great. Yeah, they've they've been a big help. I, I love those guys a lot. Goody Grace. You are phenomenal. Thank you. I'm a big fan of the show, by the way. Thank you for having me. Well I hope I watch all the time. Thank you for giving us your time and energy. It means a lot and I hope we didn't well, f- up. Not at all. Uh, Dan, what are you doing back there? I'm looking for the band that you're trying to figure out. <laughs> Dude, it's... God. State Champs. Yes! Oh, State Champs. I love them. Yes. Love State Champs. Yeah. Dude, um, I miss that genre of music. And they're I know really good live. I just saw them in Cleveland at Christmas, and it was so good. I love State Champs. They're good friends of mine. They're very talented. Yeah. My sister hooked me on them. Pop Punk is not dead, man. That is correct. You just gotta look for it. <laughs> you just gotta look for it mm-hmm. but why is it left the mainstream I don't know it doesn't need to anymore we'll bring it back That's we'll bring it back it's come yeah. and go go stream scumbag yeah <laughs> stream it there's many different versions you got remixes out you got an acoustic version mm-hmm. I love the one you did for Vivo thank you it's beautiful thanks so much I I'm really e- appreciate it I'm excited to hear this album Fall Fall that's the rumor Fall yep Goody Thank grace, you. everybody. Thank right. you for having me. Come back and hang whenever. I will, please. Thanks. Thank you. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.